everyone. Welcome back to the Power to Perform podcast. I'm your host, Allie Mallory, and I am here with Dr. Rachel Walker, the director of PHP. Hey, Rachel. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Yeah, Woo. happy New Year. Uh, 2023. Woo, crazy. <laughs> Um, so we are switching it up this month and we're actually going to highlight each PHP clinician each week. And so of course we got to start out with our director. (laughs) And so Rachel, I have a question for you. So pretty much how would you describe like your journey here? You talk about your educational background, your livelihood, whatever you want to, however you want to explain how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, how much time you got? (laughs) (laughs) One hour. (laughs) Um, I'll try to keep it brief. I think if you rewind like a long time ago when I, my sport was alpine ski racing. Um, and so for you, for, for those alpine folks out there, you know, you crash at high speeds, it's a good chance you could get injured. Um, I struggled with injury, Um, and so I actually, when I was 14, 15, saw a sports psychologist myself, and I remember thinking at the time when my coach (laughs) kind of encouraged me to go, I was like, what? (laughs) Heck no, I'm not going. (laughs) Like, I don't need that, and and sort of that judgment of myself with the, I can can figure it out myself, Um, and... So I think, I don't know how I eventually got there, but eventually I, I think maybe I had a moment with myself and realized um, that I needed help and I needed to figure out how I could get back with the mental side of the game, um, of the sport, because I crashed in downhill, um, snapped my ankle and in my boot, and that was kind of the straw that, what's, this, what's the phrase? Straw that tore the camel, camel's back or something I have no like idea. That, <laughs> that was sure, the last Yes, sore. okay. Mean, so that was rough, and then the next year I injured myself again, and so it just was like this accumulation of things in the speed races, and I was having a really hard time coming back mentally. Um, so eventually I went and saw a sports psychologist. So then fast forward, um, I was injury-free and performing really well um, and qualified for – the national team but then wasn't selected and and so at that point that's when I decided to um ski race uh division one at Whitman College um it's a small liberal arts school in Washington state and at they're a d3 school but at the time they had a d1 ski team they don't anymore um and so I knew when I went to school that I wanted to major in psychology I kind of I had this moment with my sports psychologist um when I was still seeing her that was really impactful and she was able to help me come back from my injury. Um, and so I, th- I think I sort of knew on some level that if I wasn't going to be ski racing, I would be in the kind of behind the scenes helping the athletes to perform. Um, so from there I went and did my master's um, at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. Which is so cool. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty cool. It was awesome because everybody, the degrees there are a fast-forward degree, so it's really intense for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody that was there doing their master's were only there for a year and a half. So it was quite the experience, um, kind of make the most of the year and a half. Yeah. And um, 
And so that master's was in performance psychology. I think the reason I, one of the reasons I decided to go abroad to do my, my master's was um, because I didn't have the chance in undergrad to study abroad. Mm. And prior to that, I had been fortunate enough to travel with skiing. And I really love traveling and learning about new cultures. And then to have the opportunity to be able to live in a place um, abroad for a year and a half uh, was really up my, it really up, was up my alley. So yeah. I packed my bags and <laughs> lived abroad for a year and a half, which was amazing. Wow. Um, and then from there, I sort of, I struggled trying to figure out, I knew at, on some level I wanted to do a doctorate, but at the time back then, sports psychology was a really new field and, um, there were different avenues that you could take. There still are. Um, so you could do like a PhD in sports psychology and be a professor and mental performance consultant, or you could be, do a PhD or a doctorate, a PsyD or an EDD in um, counseling or clinical psychology and sort of do the mental health route, but with a specialization in mental performance or sports psychology. So I, I thought at the time that I wanted to do just strictly sports psychology um, because that's that's what I knew and that's what had helped me personally to come back to sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I looked at doctorates abroad. Uh, I looked at doctorates in Canada because that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them I, – I applied and I got into a couple, but none of them were really fitting the mold for me. Like, yeah. It didn't really feel like a good fit. So I actually – I took a couple of years off and I, I coached ski racing hmm. um, for one year in Vancouver and then another year in New Hampshire. Uh, and then from there, really knew, okay, at that point I was, I was going to do a doctorate in sports psychology. Um, and th- the financial piece was important to me. Yeah. Um, so I was fortunate enough to be able to have that assistance. And so I found Springfield College, and really their mission was to, is to focus on the whole person, um, spirit, mind, and body. And that was really kind of hit home for me as well. It felt, it felt like it was the place. Um, I got halfway through my doctorate <laughs> in sports psychology and realized – you know, there's something missing. (laughs) (laughs) So I had another come to moment, um, with myself and, and that piece really was the mental health piece. And, and so, you know, when I, I think if we rewind to my personal story and transition, I transitioned out of sport quote unquote from full on ski racing in Canada to, division one ski racing which is still you know I'm still in the sport I'm still competing um but that transition was really hard for me because at the time in Canada I mean I think there's still some of this but I think it's getting better and I hope to see it improve more but at the time it was if you went and competed NCAA then you wouldn't be looked at for the national team moving forward Mm -hmm. um and so it really felt like I was retiring, but then not because I was still skiing. And so that was really, I struggled a lot with that transition. Um, and 
I think if you fast forward then to my my sort of trajectory and getting my education and got halfway through my doctorate <laughs> and realized, oh, okay, something's missing. Yeah. Um, that's the reason. So I, I wanted to be able to support athletes from their whole being, not mm-hmm. just the athlete side of it, not just the mental performance side of it. But mm-hmm. if they're struggling with mental health, then I wouldn't have to refer. And if I had stuck with the um, PhD in sport psychology at Springfield, which is an amazing degree, and I learned a lot um, and and had a lot of – and now as a result have a lot of strong foundational theory in sports psychology that informs my practice. But um, had I stuck with that, I would have been a professor or gone into research, which research is important, mm-hmm. um, or – done mental performance consulting but I'd have to refer if there were any mental health concerns and so for me that was important yeah so I ended up switching so long story short (laughs) I ended up switching to um Springfield College fortunately at the time was developing a doctorate of psychology in the psychology department and I was able to get into that program and um was the first cohort that graduated from that program in 2016 with a doctorate in counseling psychology um so the mental health side and then um a concentration in athletic counseling which is basically sports psychology nice I didn't realize that you'd switched your doctorate but I knew you graduated from Springfield so that's really cool um fast forward now you're the director (laughs) here and obviously you have many roles here but I know one of them is you see individual clients or student athletes Mm -hmm. and so a question I have for you is how would you describe your therapeutic style and do you have any areas of interest that you think would be important for student athletes to know Sure. Yeah. I'll try not to use like the technical terminology and stuff because I know it's athletes out there. Um, I mean, I guess uh, maybe I'll go back. Maybe I will use a little (laughs) bit of terminology and explain it. Yeah. Um, So I'm very relationship oriented. I think bottom line, the person sitting in front of me, that's really important is to be able to build that relationship and that trust. Um, and so through that, that looks like in the therapeutic relationship, um, you know, challenging them in different ways that maybe they might not be uh, aware of that things are happening in other relationships. And so really using the therapeutic relationship to, Mm -hmm. to talk through things once that trust is built. Um, but my orientation, I would say is strongly, um, based in a type of therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy called ACT. Um, And really what that is about is um, helping folks change their relationship with unhelpful thoughts or emotions that aren't really serving them um, and creating space for flexibility with that. Um, So sometimes our, uh, I'll just use my, how to really hit home that description. Um, (laughs) Sometimes our minds tell us things that may or may not be true, but it can be really convincing and we can get stuck on those thoughts and then as a result um, can struggle and suffer from that. And then there's emotions that we try to push away because as humans we like to avoid the uncomfortable. Um, And so really I try to approach it and then work through it and, and give different tools and strategies to 
create space and flexibility from it. And then I, I am, so my journey, as I mentioned, started with mental performance. Mm -hmm. And so that always holds a special place in my heart. So I always try to integrate, you know, even if an athlete is coming in for mental health concerns, they're an athlete, right? So how is that impacting their sport? And then, um, so if I'm teaching a skill or a tool, for mental health concerns, and we're also talking about how they could apply that to their sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. I think that's. I think that does it justice. Yeah, I I would agree. <laughs> um, as far as area of concerns, yeah. I didn't answer that part. Yeah. Um, mental performance. So yeah. all things mental performance. I I'm I tie in mindfulness training mm-hmm. with the act component. Um, I am interested in injury. As you okay. can imagine, I had a lot of injuries as an athlete. And, yeah. um, you know, so I think that holds a special place in my heart as far as like helping athletes navigate injuries, but also return to play, return mm-hmm. to sport. Um, and then life transition. So injuries are transition, but also, you know, any life transitions that that might be happening and adjustment with that. I did my uh I'm going to geek out here for a second. I did my, I did my, um, doctoral dissertation on resiliency. And so I, I really like to help athletes, um, sort of, you know, face adversity and how do we work through that and, and hold space to overcome that together. And, and so, you know, a lot of how I work is really, being there and bearing witness, um, being there for athletes and, and just holding space so they know that they don't have to face it alone or do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, anxiety, perfectionism, um, are, are Common. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think if you think about athletes, yep. right, and the elite level that they get to, the perfectionist that is a characteristic that can be helpful. And also, you know, like anything, too much of anything can be also detrimental or unhelpful. Yeah. Um, depression is also something that I work with. And then I also have a specialty in uh, eating concerns and relationship with food and body. Okay. Uh, anything on that spectrum all yeah. the way up to eating disorders. So lots of areas. I love it. (laughs) Great. Well, to finish it off, um, I'm just going to have you share a fun fact about yourself for our lovely listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact. It's funny to have this switched on me because I always do that with athletes. And so now I'm in the hot seat. I like it. I like it. Um, Let's see. Well, a fun fact is I had mentioned earlier that I'm Canadian, um, but I'm also Icelandic. So... My great-grandmother immigrated from Iceland to Canada. That is very cool. And you could share with everyone where you were in Oh, yeah. I, w- I traveled in August <laughs> for my honeymoon to uh, Norway and Iceland. Yeah, That was fun. Yes. Love it. Jealous. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Rachel, for being our first episode of this month's series. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next week. <laughs>